You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org.
Still 
Lately, it seems that we are getting more and more confused about what a church actually is. So let's take some time to set the record straight. Church is not a building, though a building can be used by a church. Church is not a denomination, though a set of beliefs should be important to a church. Church is not about Sunday, though a church should not forsake meeting together. Church is not about one person or personality, though every church should be pastored. And church is not about size or growth though every church is called to make disciples. So don't think of church as an address or a location, but rather think of church as mobile and on the move. Don't think of church as something built or planted, but rather think of church as something deployed. 
Don't think of church as where you are for an hour each week, but rather what you are every day of the week, because the church is the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Feet shouldn't sit still. Hands shouldn't be idle. Feet go. Hands do. This is the church. Church isn't what you're sitting through right now, because you are the church. Now go and be the church. Have you ever had one of those, what I would call, drop the mic moments? You know what I mean? It's when you say something that is so profound, you're so confident in what you just said, uh, that there's really no response that can be given. People around you, they're like uh, eyes open and, and their jaws drop and they're, they're like, man, that was incredible what you said. I think about drop the mic moments, uh, like when Jesus was on the cross he said something that was so profound right before he breathed his last. He said, it is finished. In other words, no one would ever be able to accomplish what the Savior of mankind did. Not, no one would ever be able to bring restoration to the lives like, like Jesus Christ brought. No one would be able to conquer the, the plan of the enemy of our souls like Jesus Christ did. It was one of those drop the mic moments. And so today, we're going to be looking at a passage in, in the book of Romans, in the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome. And we are going to see one of those drop the mic passages. In that, uh, we're going to see that, that there are no religions or any of man's philosophies or even witchcraft or a demonic stronghold that can ever come against what God has spoken to his people. And it comes right after this, this monumental verse that we studied a couple weeks ago, verse uh, 8, uh, chapter 8, verse 28. And, and in that verse, we, we see that Paul wrote, and he said this, he said, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And in that verse, it's one of those Mount Everest verses because we see that God is working in everything. And not only is God working in everything that we face, but he's working for good. And he's working for good because there's a love that is produced in our life that only God can produce, and we love him through the trial. And we find out that whatever we go through, there's a greater purpose in our life. But that's not the drop-the-mic moment. That's not the drop-the-mic passage. It comes right after that. And right after that, Paul says something that, that when you look at it, 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 can, all, it can kind of go, because it's kind of mind-blowing. It's so much bigger than us as humans. But it's the truth from God's word. And so in verse 29, this is what Paul, said, Paul wrote and what he said. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. 
And these whom he justified, he also glorified. Drop the mic. You see, nothing else needs to be said. It's a done deal. And it's a done deal by God himself. In other words, what what God has has done, it was his idea. It was God's work. And, and, And because it's God's work, it cannot be nullified. It can it cannot be undone. And so I put five what I call drop the mic points. The first point is this. God foreknew. He knew before it ever happened. He knew you before you ever happened. He knew it before it ever happened. Now this is what you need to grab a hold of. God did not cause it. People cause the things that are going on in life. Uh, 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 ideas, philosophies cause the things that are going on in our life, but God knows it. Whatever that it is in your life, whatever circumstance, if you're, if you're going through the most difficult of difficult times or, or you're maybe on a mountaintop of a triumph in your life, God knows it. And the reason that he does is because he is omniscient. And, and God being omniscient just means that he knows everything. He knows everything that's going on in life from the beginning to the end. God is the God of eternity. Eternity past, eternity present, and eternity future. He knows the past just like it, 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 you know, before it ever happened. He knows the present before it ever happened. And he knows the future before it ever happened. The Apostle Paul put it like this. For those whom he foreknew. I get assurance in that. God knew me before I was ever born. Not only did he know me, but his plans were set in heaven and his appointments were set there as well. He he spoke to the prophet Jeremiah and he said this, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Not only did, did God form Uh, Jeremiah, He was fearfully and wonderfully made in the womb. But God had a plan for him before he was ever born. And it speaks to us about where we are in our lives. It it speaks to us that that God, before we were ever born, he knew us. And he had a wonderful plan for us. He he said, Jeremiah, you're going to be a prophet. You're going to do these great things for God. You're going to have a lot of extreme pressure, but I'm going to be with you just like I was with you before you ever were. You know, there's a, there's a place in, uh, in the Gospels that, that Peter and, and, and Jesus are having this talk. And, and Peter is telling him, you know, Lord, if, if everyone leaves you, I will stand by your side. Even if everyone abandons you, I will stay with you. I will stick by you. Stick by your side. And, and Jesus looks at him and, and, and he says, Peter, uh, and, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but he says, Peter, uh, so you love me and, and you're going to stand by my side. And he says, actually, Peter... Before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me. Not once, not twice, but three times. And Jesus being omniscient, Jesus being 100% man but 100% God, he he knew Peter and what he was going to do. But here's the thing. He loved Peter. He loved him and he had a plan for Peter's life. And here's what I want you to know. No matter how many times that we've denied the Lord, no matter how many times that we've slipped, no matter how many times that we've made mistakes, God loves you. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a wonderful 
plan for all of us. Uh, as Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, he says this in chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Before I ever did anything wrong, God loved me. And even greater yet, before I ever did anything right, God loved me. And, and my holiness is not something that I have acquired in my own abilities. My, my holiness is not something that I've done because of my own good works. My holiness was set before the foundation of the world because of what Jesus would do on the cross at Calvary. And it gives me great assurance that, that as I live my life, that, that the way that God looks at me is with a love that he chose in advance. He chose before I ever did anything wrong to bring me into his family and to call me his son. It talks to me about how amazing the grace of God is. Drop the mic. Point number two is that God predestined. You see, not only am I known by God, even before that I was ever dreamed of, but my destiny was planned before I could ever mess it up. That's important for you to grab a hold of. Your destiny was preset. God has a plan for your life. He, he's got a marvelous plan that he's going to lay out for you. Now, you have to walk out this plan. You've got, you've got a will that you've got to actually exercise. It's not like if God does everything for us, but he's got this wonderful plan. I, I think about it like this before I was ever born. Before 1967 ever came, God could, he, he, he could say something like this. Oh, yeah, James Reese, he's coming later. Ah, uh, yeah, 1967. In fact, on February 1st, he'll be born in Lordsburg, New Mexico. He'll be born to John and Cello Reese. And, and from this, this wonderful man, John the plumber, uh, I am going to, to, to bring this, this young man out, uh, James Reese. He'll live his life in Lordsburg, move to Arizona and then he'll find me at, at the age of 26, and he'll start to walk with me. And I'm going to call him to, to share the good news with many people. And in fact, in 2020, there's going to be this great pandemic, and he's going to be sharing the gospel with people that are going to be sitting in seats, and he's going to be recording into this camera and speaking into the lives of many people because I've got this great plan. See, I've embraced the plan of God because I know that he predestined this plan, that he had this plan laid out for me before I could ever lay out. My own plan. Paul wrote this. He said, he also predestined. He predestined those he foreknew to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. That's one of those, one of those uh, uh, statements that just kind of goes, because Jesus even calls us his brothers, even though he is God. Jesus even calls some of you, his, his sister, because even though he is God. So he's my creator. He's my savior. He's my Lord. He's my friend. And he's my brother. Drop the mic. God is, God is so amazing in, in his ways. He's so amazing in his plan. In fact, his plan for you 
was set into motion before you ever put any motion into his plan. His plan was, was already laid out. He was already moving it in a forward direction before you ever put any feet into motion. God is so incredible because he's God. Paul, as he's writing to the church in Galatia, he put it like this. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Predestination means that you have been chosen by God to be fruitful and bring glory to him by his grace. And it's not dependent on you, but on the one who chose you. Jesus, as he's talking to his disciples, he said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for when you use my name. When we ask anything according to the will of God and we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, we can be assured that God will answer so that we can bring, bear fruit and bring glory to his name. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. My security is in his hands. I hear people say, you know, does God want to send people to hell? And, and, and I want you to think about that. If he wanted people to be eternally separated from him, he would never have sent his son. In fact, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that anyone who will believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. He's talking about the world here. The apostle Peter put it like this. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed but wants everyone to repent, to repent, everyone to turn away. You know, God found me in my drunkenness. God found me in my partying stage. And, and, and he found me, and I was amongst a lot of friends. And, and it was by his grace that he called me into this, into this place of restoration. God knew that there was going to come a time in my life that I would get tired. And I would say, if there's more to life to this, if there's more to life than this, God, show me. And if you're real, show me. And, and he knew that, that he would call me into this plan. And, and, and it's because of his love. I was not smarter than anyone else. I was not better than anyone else, but he called me to this place so that I could call others to this place. And if you're here and you're listening and God is moving on your heart, I want you to know that God doesn't want you to be separated from him. God doesn't want you uh, to go to a place where, where, where you don't have any hope. God wants to restore your life right now in this place that you're at so that you can be secure for eternity. Drop the mic. Point number three, God called. The Apostle Paul said, those whom he predestined, he also called. Do me a favor. Pick up your phone and, and look at your call history for a moment. Answer this question. Is there anyone on your call history that is important to you? Is there, is there someone there that is worthy of your call? Think about this. God called you. You and I are on God's call history. He, he took time out of his busy schedule. And I, I want you to know that, that he's overseeing everything in the cosmos. Not only in the earth, but everywhere in this vast universe. And God called you. 
To the church in Thessalonica, Paul said this, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. The, the one who calls you, he is faithful and he will do it. So not only does God call us because he's got this amazing plan, but you can trust him to do whatever he called you to do. For Noah, he saved him from the great flood. For Abraham, he gave him a child at 100 years of age. For, for Moses, he parted the Red Sea. For David, he slayed the giant. For Elijah, he provided the chariot of fire. For Daniel, he delivered him from the lion in the den. For Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he went into the fiery furnace with them and kept them from being consumed. For Paul, he opened up the jail. For, for Peter, he allowed for him to walk on water. And for you, he will fulfill whatever he called you to do. Whatever the plan that God has for you, he will fulfill the plan because he is God. And he, he will do it, but you have to come out of your seat. You've got to come out of your couch. You've got to come out of, of wherever you're at. You've got to come out of your depression. He's calling you out of that, that, that place of despair, maybe that place of, of addiction. He's calling you because he's got a greater plan for you, and he will do it. You are on his call history. And drop the mic. Point number four is that you're justified. Paul wrote earlier in the book of Romans, he said, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God because we have been justified just as if we have never sinned. We've got this wonderful peace through Jesus Christ. And, and here's the thing, beloved, that, that as you walk with him and you, you, you understand that he knew you before you were born and, and that, that he had this wonderful plan laid out, he predestined that plan, and he called you, but he also called you into this place of rightness with him where you're justified and you're able to walk a, a guilt-free life. So you're not walking in this condemnation. You're not walking in this, in this guilt. Let me tell you something. If you're guilty today, that's not God. If you feel condemned, that's not Jesus. The Holy Spirit wants to come into your life and he wants to free you from all of that because you have been justified. That's why Paul said, these whom he called, he also justified. Drop the mic, point number five, glorified. It's amazing to me that God shares his glory with you and me. He shares his glory with us in Christ. Paul said, those whom he justified, he also glorified. And I think about Moses. Moses is called by God to go to Mount Sinai. And as he goes up to the mountain, he meets with God. And as he comes down the mountain, because the glory of God was on him, his face shone and there was something so different. The, the, the people of Israel, the children of Israel, they couldn't even look upon his face because there was something so different, something so radiant about him. And here's the thing that happens to every person who puts their trust in Jesus. The glory of God is shared with you. He imputes his glory. And when you go around other people, they see something different. 
I've had countless people say there's something different about you. And here's the thing that I know for sure, that the only thing that's different about me is that Jesus has become my Lord. And because I spend time with him, because he's with me and works in me and works through me, there is a noticeable difference in my life. And here's the thing for you, that God wants to share his glory with you as well, so that you won't walk in this in this oh blah life, in this life where, where it's just mundane. God has so much better for you. And you can embrace it. And, and, and this glory that, that, that the Lord will share with you is, is one that's going to keep growing. In fact, the apostle Peter put it like this. He said, when the chief shepherd, that's Jesus, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. You will receive this unfading crown of glory. And, and, and this glory that God wants to share with us, it will never fade. It will never ever leave us and that's a wonderful thing but you'll never have this shining glory without saying yes to Jesus and today God is extending out his hand and saying come home he's saying to you come I want to make a difference in your life I want to change you and transform you and that is as easy as a b c the A just stands for you admit. You admit that, that, that you have been trying to do life without God. You admit that you're a sinner. The B stands for you believe. You trust in the one that's greater than you. And the C is you confess. You make a declaration with your mouth. The greatest things that we do in life, we speak them into existence. And so... I want to lead you in a prayer, and it's a prayer that's going to bring you into this relationship with the one who loves you, with the one who knew you, with the one who predestined you for this wonderful plan, the one who called you, and you're on his call history, the one who justifies you and will glorify you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that you've spoken into my life. You've spoken to my heart and to my mind. So Lord, I speak to you right now, and I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm lost without you. In fact, I'm tired of trying to do life without Jesus Christ. And so to, right now, I just believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world, and I, I put my trust in him. I believe that he died on the cross for all of my sins, and I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day, just like the Bible said he would. And so I confess him as my Lord and my Savior, and I choose to follow him from this day forward, to whom I trust in him. And I pray this in Jesus' precious name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we are so excited. We're so excited that you grabbed a hold of the plan that God has for you. And we're just rejoicing with you. We're excited with you. And we'd love for you to, on the comments, just say, put down, I said yes to Jesus. Or lift up your hallelujah praise hands, because we know that, that you said yes to the Lord at Living Word Chapel, we, we want to be a part of the journey that God has for you. We're, we're a church that exists to love, empower, and transform people through the Living Word. We know that the Living Word is what changes people's lives. And so we trust that the Living Word has spoken to you today and that God has an amazing plan for you. So send us an email, send a response, and we love to hear from you. God bless you. God loves you. And he's got a wonderful plan.
This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.